One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, it's Graham. Welcome to a classic big interview. Today, join me. We're going back to season 2015-2016. This is what I had to say about it back then. It's the big interview, the new one. Guys, come in theatre. May 1996 was a pretty pivotal moment for me in my career. The first time I worked journalistically in the city of Barcelona, it was the under-21 championships, the semi-finals and final, four teams. And it turned out that good though they were, um, the Scotland of Tommy Craig as a manager, Christian Daly, Stevie Glass from Aberdeen, Jackie McNamara, we weren't quite good enough for... France and Italy sides and Spain sides containing the guys on show were unbelievable in that mini tournament in Montjuic's Olympic Stadium in Barcelona. For France, um, there were Vieira, Pires, Macaleli. First sight of any of those for me. Um, for Spain, there was Raúl, a young Raúl, eighteen-year-old, the youngest by a distance in his squad. Even De La Pena, who stunned everybody with his quality that day. Also a young Fernando Morientes, others who went on to star for Spanish clubs. But maybe it was the eventual winners, Italy, who had seemingly the most star-studded squad. Gigi Buffon, Fabio Cannavaro, Francesco Totti, Panucci, Nesta. Think about that. All coached by Maldini's old man, looking like Iggy Pop even then. The guy who I find it as a total privilege, and when I bless my luck as a broadcaster, that I went on to work with, was Guy Scamandietta, who was playing for Spain in that tournament, weirdly wasn't allowed to take a penalty in the final where Italy went down to 10 men, then 9 men, but held on for... No, it's it's not one man meant to mow. Went on to hold on for a, a draw, even with 9 men against Spain. The Spain of De La Peña, Raul, Mendieta, Oscar Garcia. And the Italians won on penalty. A lesson learned there. And then, um, for me and for Gaiska. The next time I saw Gaiska play in, in person was when I was, I don't know how I was shrewd enough to go to the 1999 Copa del Rey final. Newspaper budgets were bigger then, down in the Olympic Stadium in Sevilla. And Valencia played Atletico Madrid. And perhaps one of the things that was most strange about it was that the uh, Valencia manager, Claudio Ranieri, was about to switch sides immediately after the game and join Atleti. The big golden or buttermilk coloured moon that hung over the stadium as if it was going to eclipse the playing surface will live with me forever. It was a beautiful night embellished by, I think, the greatest, technically the greatest goal I've ever been present to witness. Certainly better than Zidane's goal at Hamden and it was scored by Guys Camendieta. When we put this podcast out, when you're listening to it, I'm going to make sure that 
It's easily available for you to watch on YouTube, Geisker's goal against Atletico Madrid. Suffice to say, it's utter genius. Maybe the best goal ever scored. Yet, nobody talks about that. Everybody talks about Maradona, talks about Zidane. Watch Geisker's goal in the 33rd minute against Atletico Madrid. And then marvel at the fact that in this podcast, he tells me that when he arrived at Valencia, where he is now, regarded as one of the all-time great players for that club, a guy who guided them to two consecutive Champions League final, who Madrid wanted to sign and Valencia refused to let him go, who went for what was a world record fee at the time for a midfielder from Valencia to Lazio. Gaiska, who was twice voted the European midfielder of the year, when he arrived at Valencia... He thought he wasn't good enough. He was told he wasn't good enough. He told me in this podcast that he thought he lacked technical skills, technique. It's utterly unbelievable when you consider the player he became, a player who went on to become a remorseless, cold-eyed penalty taker. Except that when he describes the art in this podcast with me, he kind of gets nervous for the first time in his life and wonders how the hell he did it. We go on to talk about his spell at Middlesbrough, which for him was mostly extraordinarily pleasant. And I spent time with a guy who I've loved getting to know because he is intelligent, generous, articulate, multilingual. And I still consider him to be one of the greatest footballers I've had the pleasure to witness in my career. A damn fine man, which is the reason we brought him to you on the big interview. I don't know how to treat the Champions League finals and, and I think I'm going to leave it for a second and put the happy thing first because <laughs> you've been so good to me. You, you you like your music, right? Yeah. Prince. Have you ever met Prince? Do you like his music? Prince. Yeah, Prince. The Prince. Prince, as in... I like some songs. I'm not a big fan of him. Did he write 1999 for you? <laughs> no. Nope, Tonight we're going to party like it's... Because 99 was... 99, in, in my view saw Valencia, not just guys come in there to run literally the perfect cup campaign. Mm. It ends with you under a big, huge copper-coloured moon, gigantic, gigantic moon, which looked the size of the stadium to me, mm. down in Sevilla, in what yeah. I think they call the Olympics. Yeah, it was the Olympic, yeah. It's a magic la, la island, Cartucha or Car- whatever. La, um, Cartuja. Cartuja. Playing against Atletico, but before we even get to the story of the goal, mm. you have a local derby yeah. and you pump Levante. Yeah. Then you're out because you you draw sequentially Barcelona and Real Madrid. Yeah. During which time Valencia scored 14 goals. <laughs> so for everybody who's got to know Geiska, maybe you're too young to have watched this or maybe you didn't have Sky in those days. For anyone who's got to know Geiska as an articulate, multilingual, well-dressed, <laughs> very intelligent football pundit, he could play. Valencia scored 14 goals in two rounds, eliminating Barcelona and Real Madrid. Pick something out of those four games to tell me about, because we could spend a day talking about them. When we had actually in the draw Barca and Madrid, I think we actually were quite happy because we knew back in those days, we knew how to beat them. If it would have been, we play Bayern Munich, we play back in these Rangers and, and big teams in Europe. But we thought we found the click and the the, the, the way to, to beat these teams. So we were confident when we played against Barca, it was, it was huge. We're talking about you. Claudio Lopez, Claudio Angloma, Lopez, Angloma Carboni, Carboni, Ayala... 
Pellegrino, Dukic, Farinós, Gerard, Luis Milla. Uh, Luis Milla, who left Barcelona to go to Madrid, when, well, Pep, even when before, Pep was brought through yeah, by Cruyff exactly. because the president wouldn't allow him to buy exactly, yeah. uh, uh, pardon me, Jan Moby. Right throughout the team, you had tr- tremendous talent. Yeah. Your coach was... Who was your coach again? Now, what, what, and, and what's he doing today? Uh, I think he's in the Champions League spot at the moment. Claudio Ranieri Claudio was your Ranieri, coach. Yeah. Leicester manager, right? Yeah, yeah. But you see, that group, all of you, hmm. you believed... <laughs> let's just say what you said again and underline it. Good, it's Barcelona and Real Madrid. We, we'll we'll yeah, beat them. We knew it. Because we, we, in football, it's about, all about the confidence. It's all about the momentum. And we knew with with these teams, well, we play not just with Claudio Ranieri, we play with Cooper, we play with... Um, Hitting no, Aragonés. Aragonés. Not as much as probably with, with Ranieri and Cooper, which we used to absolutely always beat them. I don't think we, they beat us once in, in probably we play Cup, Liga and Champions League and we beat them all the time. Your record against Barcelona and Real Madrid, I think, is 28 matches and you only lost 12 times. Yeah. And the majority of them normally the are wins. Yeah. No, well, normally, normally the, the start is gigantically yeah. the other way around. Especially, I remember the days going to the Nou Camp when Johan Cruyff was the manager and, and started this sort of um, tiki-taka philosophy. He changed the brand of football, he didn't did, he? He did. He, he definitely did it. With Barca, our mentality was the other way around. That's why I was uh, bringing it on. Because it's, we're going to the Nou Camp to say, guys, today we're going to run. <laughs> we're going to run for fun after the ball. We might not get much the ball, you know, be patient, don't lose composure, position, blah, blah, blah. And that, we managed to change it over. You were betting that if you ran enough, somebody, maybe even Pep in midfield, or you say we would make a mistake, yeah. right? Yeah, you waited, yeah. You, we were waiting for them to make a mistake because we, we knew how good they were. You couldn't beat them by football, by playing football. We, as we understand football, passing yes. and... Uh, and you can outplay them. Outplay them, exactly. Yeah. Vale. We could outplay them by, you know... As a team, as being together, running together, pressing at the right moment in the right place and, and getting the ball in the right positions to then maybe get two, three chances and make sure you get them. So that changed when, when, when in those days because our style of football, a team that although probably saw the peak with Ranieri and Cooper, it was or started with Luis Aragonés. Piojo, when I arrived, when I was you know, only a young player, Luis Milla guys we've mentioned were three four years younger so we went the players that we were back in the day we Valencia I think cleverly saw this this potential and kept this team for you know for, for, for so many years I think even I'd say Benitez kind of still managed to get something out of that that group that, that we were since Luis Aragonés probably Benitez that's probably an era where the same sort of principles, uh, mentality, uh, competitiveness, everything you want as a group was was uh, preserved. Looking at those two semi-finals, then, given that there was a, a methodology, a confidence, huge talent, you were also a hard team to play against. Mm. There was a, there were some mean guys in that team. Yeah. There was guys you didn't like losing, and who could make sure that they did what was needed to win. Who would have tended to be your direct opponent, trying to close you down? Or you had to stop in those semi in the quarter and the semi final in ninety nine against Barcelona and Real Madrid. Who who would have been the guy that you said you're not you're not having a good day today against you against us. for Barca for Real Madrid? This, these would be the days maybe already of yeah. Ovars. Well, no. with Barca 
would have been Guardiola, the guy we needed to stop and say he can get the ball. We actually, I remember I think with Ranieri one game at Mestalla, he asked me to shadow him. So hmm. I, well, like, hmm. yeah, you just stick with him all the time. So whenever the ball was going to him, I would try to close him. As soon as I went, the other guys. So it was like automatic. Uh, so you close Pep, but they've been behind you. Yeah. Um, Farinos maybe or Farinos, Gerard. Gerard, Kili Gonzalez. Oh, yeah. Wow, another mm. good player. Yeah, no, yeah. They had when you sat in, in the, the, Sky, yeah, the yeah. Sky Studio, yeah, analyzing what Pep the coach did for Barcelona. Yeah. Really, you were you were you could have done it in your sleep because yeah. you did it. Well, we knew he was the the guy that he that he the whole Barca went around him. He was the one the tempo the ball. So one by stopping him, Barca won't play, which is won't feel comfortable. If we get upset. We'll get the ball in a further up than the halfway line mm-hmm. which with the pace we had up front it was lethal and then we stopped them for by possession making us defend deeper and deeper and deeper you comfortably eliminate the two biggest clubs in the world yeah. and you go to Sevilla for the final and it's Atleti I think as a group you already know that Crazy Claudio is gonna leave Valencia at the end of the game mm-hmm. and join who? Atletico Madrid, Madrid, who are your rivals, are rivals in yeah. the final. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's Spain in, in a nutshell, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Where else? <laughs> we play Mallorca home last game. We qualify for the Champions League. That was the last game of Claudio and Mestalla, which everyone knew he was leaving. And then, yeah, but when we played the cup final, we knew he, he was leaving and he was, well, all of the rumours, obviously, heading to Atletico Madrid. Our squad, I wouldn't say even the team. The squad was was strong, was confident. We all knew how to play, what to do. And when I'm I'm thinking now, when I'm we were saying all the time, we knew how to beat Madrid and, and Barca. I don't want to make any sound like it was Sissi because he was. You didn't. No, but really hard. I mean, actually, I remember. I think what I heard yeah. in my ear was okay. we knew how to, we knew what to do, yeah. we knew yeah, well, what, what they didn't like, where yeah. their weaknesses were, yeah. and we were a group, and we knew, I mean, yeah. is that a right representation? I think so, but we beat Madrid in the cup, Spanish cup, we beat them 1-6 at home, second leg in the Bernabeu. We got to the Bernabeu, we say, guys, you know, don't panic, you know, play normal, don't, don't think of the result, just try to go and win. The first 15 minutes, they score three goals. Morientes, two, and Raul, I think. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> a, a team of professionals won six, six one we won, and we were, like, panicking. Yeah. That, that's, that's how... What I'm trying to say is there were big teams. There were times where confidence was everything. We, we beat them 1-6. All of a sudden, the, the, the coin flipped to the other side, and we were, like, 3 nil at home at the Bernabeu, thinking they're going to beat us. But it's all about the confidence. And then going back to the final, yeah, the final. Whoa, 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 all whoa, right. whoa. You know, how, no, to play, you know how to play, you know how to dress, you know how to spin discs, but you don't know how to tell a story. Don't leave the audience lying there. <laughs> <laughs> you're six one up. And then we went through. You're Sorry, six four yeah. down. You're we panicking. But what the hell happens? Just this, this, this myth of the Bernabeu and the comebacks. And uh, but how do you turn? Miedo escénico. Who who steps up? Who has the cojones? Well, who they, says lads no more? And, and well, we all said. Well, at that time we had. I was there in midfield. It was I think it was Luis Milla, 
uh, Anglomar Carboni. So they were, they were experienced guys there. Final score in, those, in the semi-final second I think second it was 3-0 three, three or 4-1, something like that. I think you score. 4-1, yeah, yeah, I think, I think we score 1. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's down to Seville, so Seville led yeah. by the, the mighty Leicester manager of today, um, who's going to leave for Atletico, who are your cup final rivals. And I don't want to be um, mean to Piojo uh, Lopez, who, who I think mm-hmm. maybe gets two goals, mm-hmm. but certainly you thrash Radian teachers. Atletico. Radi was famous here for Luton and I met him, I know him well and Dusan, his son and okay. I, th- I thought he did impressive things and you'll end up being managed yeah. by him very, very briefly yeah. at the camp now. But you absolutely thrash Atleti and I joked before but I, I, I think you have to be honest and say that you scored a candidate for the, the single best goal of all time and the most common, before I ask you to describe it, the most common comparison that's made is with Pelé's goal yeah. in the, the 1958 World Cup final. World Cup final, yeah. Now, that's why I said in, in the intro, like, you must be really angry with Messi. And people go on about Messi's goal at the Burnaby on Zidane at Hamden. And, but now I'm not joking. It, this goal was better than those, in my view. Can you tell us a little bit about what happens in the goal? What do you do? Well, it was, I'll start a bit earlier. Before the game, I think it was the night before, or maybe in the same day in the morning, Ronelli calls me in my room mm-hmm. and says, need to speak to you before the game. Okay, I go to his room. And he says, I need you to ask you a big favor today. Having go left backs. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think Miroclun couldn't play and Jockey, Gerardo. Good man, Jockey. Jockey yeah. What a fantastic guy. He's Rangers legend. Guy. He Spoke to Rangers him last night. Well, Love yeah. guys. Boys are in the youth system now, he's, eh? He's, yeah, yeah. Good man, Jockey. Yeah. I don't know if he was injured, he was, or couldn't play because of a uh, yellow card, red card. Gerardo, which was normally the one that would replace him, he had, a, I think it's the groin or something. So he says, we need you there. I Gafa, I played another final with Valencia, which we lost against um Spanish Cup final. I lost against Deportivo. Yeah, what, what happened in that one? Remember the one with the, with the hailstones the... that it got stopped and... It wasn't a red card in that And one, someone got, it? yeah, no, two yellows. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> First Let's one, on. only you, one. Yeah, that's the only you, one. You know uh, who we're talking about, don't you? <laughs> Got a good memory. Yeah. Done your homework. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like football. Yeah, so okay. guys yeah. was sent off in his previous yeah, cup yeah, final yeah. with Valencia. So yeah. when the boss says to you left back, you're going, come I on, said, boss, I want to win this know, one. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the final. It's, you know, come play me on the left back. Yeah, we need you there. So, okay, play final. And then it turned up. So my, my, my thoughts about the game was like, you know. You always want to play a final to shine, to score goals, sure to make do. history, make, have your impact, uh, especially as a captain and stuff. And I was like, right, you know, I want to have to play my second role in the team and, 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 and do whatever I need to do there. But the way the game started, I was up and down. I was going and attacking. <laughs> I said, yes, you take care of that. <laughs> who, so who were you saying that to? Well, I was Ayala and Jukic would have been in the. Did, did effectively, did you leave them with three at the back? No, I was. I mean, in a formation yeah, like, like, like a, yeah, yeah. Anglama, Ayala, Jukic, pl- Mas, maybe yeah, played a yeah, three, yeah. shuffled yeah, across. Yeah, like a little bit, yeah. And, and, I was and, like, and, and, and you up played and a centre yeah, forward. Yeah, up and down up, isn't true. Up and down, <laughs> up and down isn't true. Yeah. Maybe your legs felt like that, so, but. Uh, <laughs> because when your goal. Yeah, then, comes, then well, that's when I said the one for, for Piojo. We absolutely, on the counter, we, we, we were so good. And I remember a diagonal to me on the left, got back and saw Piojo in the box and gets the volley. Then another ball is in the other way around. It's, it's Ilya, which he makes the run 
uh, Ili, the, 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 the cobra, Romanian. the Romanian who he was did so much damage to England in yeah. the. I was there, I guess, nineteen ninety eight World Cup. He scores, and he it's was cost, he was oh, like the Romanian Romario. He was, oh, wasn't he? Was he? Incredible, two legs, quick. Well, I remember when he signed for Valencia. He came in January. We were like, where did this guy come from? We, we never heard of him, and it was incredible. Anyway, so he gets the ball there. As I see, Piojo is is obviously as a striker there, but there was. The, the, the holding midfielders were kind of stopping there. No one was making runs to potentially getting the ball across something in the box. So there was me, once again, running forward. And as I, Ilya sees me, I ask the ball, thinking that he's going to put it in front of me. So I, I'm going to put it down and shoot or take any... Dif- we'll see. But uh, the way he, he crosses the ball, it, I kind of run past the ball. So my only chance to do it and control it firstly. When I say this, that's, that's what it goes through your head once you're there. It's different afterwards when you see it. So because my, you, you didn't see it for a long time afterwards. No, no, I didn't see it for a long time. No, no, no. I'll tell you that story later. <laughs> so chest, firstly to say, well, to control the ball because it was the closer to the ball that it was at the moment. Then trying to bring it down. I was, by that time, facing back the goal. My back was facing the, go- the, the goal. Knee. And then I see... Obviously, I know who they are. They know who they were back in the day. But I saw these shares next to me. So I think, well, I flip it over, whoever is a sombrero, and, and then I should be in goal. Not realizing that there were four players. I mean, I thought it was one or two. I didn't, I didn't, like I said, that, that's, at the moment, I just thought over my head, and, and, and then I should be in front of the goal. Well, and, and that's what happened. I put it over. I see I'm right in front of Molina, and I think all all went through my head was target, target, <laughs> especially was was my left foot, target. Don't don't trying to put pace and you put it up, up you know in the stands or wide or whatever, just target. Funny enough, I hit it with front foot, which normally when you go target you put your inside, but went front foot and it scored, and and it was like normally when you score a goal you don't know what you're doing, you 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 just run. Not thinking that day, even <laughs> I, don't, I can't even remember after goal was just well. I finished. I knew I was running around, but my head, my brain was completely just gone so, everywhere. So was mine. I was there. I, I was working. I can't remember which editor said to me, "Yes, you can. You can go." But we're in a beautiful night in Sevilla. I genuinely meant it's a. It's very dark by this stage because it kicked off late. The moon is huge. Mm. The moon is like the moon is like a Euro Millions jackpot. It's that big, and it's copper, and it's hanging over the stadium. And Valencia are playing brilliantly. It's already strange to know that the manager of Valencia is going to join Atleti. You've made the first goal. Illy puts it in from the left, as you said. Valencia's left, and and I see this guy who I've seen three years earlier in the under twenty one tournament. Do exactly what you said, but I'm only mentioning this because it looked differently from what you described there. What it looked like was it looked like Maradona's more skillful brother. Mm. You step out, chest control, knee up, I know where every player is, flick over my own head, turn, like Frank Worthington, if anybody remembers him, (laughs) volley. I would argue that if you, I'll supply this on our blog, I'll supply the footage of this goal. You watch it and you compare it with Zidane at Hamden, Messi at the Bernabeu, Pelé in 58. Maradona's in the World Cup where he drifts past half the England team is different. It's different in mm. style. And, and then you're down to personal preferences, what you yeah, like more. Yeah. 
But to do so many skill movements in a compact space mm. in such a short space of time, to me, I, I at the moment I thought I'm looking at the best player in the world. In that moment, I just mm. couldn't believe. Then, had I known it was you, <laughs> I'd have known there was a, there was another one coming. Yeah, any any minute now. But you said you'd tell me another story about it. Oh yeah. So the game finishes. We celebrate. Got the the cup. Everyone, what a goal you scored! In my head. I couldn't see the whole goal as the goal. I had the moment of chesting it. So I, I didn't have the whole picture. So yeah, yeah, what a goal, fantastic. Obviously, I knew it was something special, but it wasn't until I watched it, which, as I told you, when I used to play, I would watch my games to try to, you know, what you did right, what you did wrong, the team, how we play. But if I score a goal or did something, I, I, I never really watched it. So this goal, I didn't watch it for years. Because I didn't want to watch it. Just basically, I didn't want to watch it. Hard to understand. Because I think it's a, in my mentality, the way I think, it was next thing. You know, it's, it's done, next thing. It's like when you, I think it was Michael Jordan when he said, whenever I've, I've, I've missed so many passes, I've missed so many game winners shots, blah, blah, blah. So all you think is what you did wrong to not repeat it. So in, in my mind was like in a way, by getting all this, ooh, how good I, you know, what a goal. It, it might not be good for, for, for my. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The million phrases that you have to learn when you listen to Pep. Well, he, the first time I heard him say, praise makes you weak. I had to stop and think and listen, but, he, but that, you're saying the, the same, same as him. The same, yeah. In fact, he, he's obvious, given that that was 1999, he's stolen it from you. <laughs> no, he's older than me, so. You, 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 you've been great with your time, but I've so much still to, to ask. I'm going to skip a little bit. You brought Middles Brother only ever trophy. It was pretty dramatic because we talked about knocking out Everton on penalties knocking out Spurs on penalties, mm-hmm. beating a good Arsenal side yeah. in the semi-final. Mm-hmm. And then Bolton 
what are the memories that come from that cup run for you? Oh, great memories. Not just, obviously, winning helps. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. But it was, it was, if people remember in those days, there weren't many Spanish coming to England. No. Uh, it was me, which I came that season, and then Ivan Campo arrived to Bolton. Then mid-season, Fernando Hierro as well. So it was like, Ivan, we played together at Valencia. He's bus, we bus, we, we with friends. So it was a great story. The Bolton of Ivan Campo against the Middlesbrough Mendieta. Also because back in those days, we used to get letters in the club saying, how's Middlesbrough doing it? We, because they weren't able to find out what was happening in the Premier League in Spain. That's, that's how bad we were in those days in terms of communication. In coverage. In coverage, yeah. Hmm. Social media and all that stuff like nowadays. For the first time, I think the Spanish media made the effort because these two guys were playing a, a final in England. In the, you know. At Wembley? No, it was uh, Cardiff. Was it Cardiff in those days? So it, it was great because of that, because it was me against Ivan Bolton against Middlesbrough. Uh, also, it was especially and special because it was the, f- the, the chance for Middlesbrough again after being knocked out, I think it was Chelsea previously, to raise a, a trophy after 128 years. My first season... When everyone, you know, and I, I say always this with a smile, Valencia, Lazio, Barca, and then Middlesbrough. Everyone, you know, was Mendieta going to Middlesbrough? Well, it was important for me to prove and to show, which I had a, a great, great time at Middlesbrough. I, I love the football we play there. We, not just the cup, the Europa League final. We, I think we, we was happy to, and never regretted it to, to, to go to Middlesbrough. So in that way, it was a way of saying, look, you know, could be the first Spanish to win a trophy in this country, or Ivan, which I would have been happy as well. So it was it was amazing. It was amazing. The whole reaction of the town, the the the, the, the media. The for me, after not so much Barca, but Lazio having difficult times again, uh, fighting to to win trophies. Uh, the, the whole the whole ingredients were were just there, and the game I think was really, started very well for us. It was great, but you didn't take the penalty. No, Z- Zenden took the penalty. Zenden took the penalty. Did did did, I, he, did he have something on you? I know, was that a bet? What, as I what mentioned the hell? earlier, I missed the one against Spurs. You missed one. I know, but a Steve McLaren manager said if it's a penalty, Bolo was the penalty taker. What did you think about that? No, no, no. You can say now. I can say now. Well, I didn't like it. Of course, I didn't like it because yeah, I only, <laughs> only missed one. Bolo, it's just as well you put it in, man. <laughs> That's what no, I'm he did, saying. He did, he did after I missed that one. No, I'm not slagging him off. I'm oh, just saying, not. if you've got somebody, yeah. we've been talking about confidence, rhythm, routine, yeah, yeah. and you get a guy who's missed one. Which well, you've got to have two choices. One, and go with the and grab him on the neck and say, why are you doing this? Or, you know, just take it. How did you watch? So I, I, I already respect, yeah, I had, I had to do it. But in the like moment, when, when the penalty's oh, no, called, did, did you find yourself? No, because previously we had another one that even before Bolo was um, Yakubu. So Yakubu also kind of, no, Yakubu was afterwards, sorry. I'm missing up. But in, in, the, in the sort of routine, Yakubu lost his place and, and no, Bolo lost his place to Yakubu. Managers do that. I, saw, I, I hate, I didn't like it, of course not. I, I was saw, like, I should take this. Penalty. I should. I should be me taking that penalty. But get on you. Get on you. I saw Klopp the other day turn his back on that penalty. Didn't watch it. Did you watch Bolo take it? Yeah. It, was a, it was a moment. It was yeah, a big yeah, yeah. moment. And, and and you're not in control of the moment anymore. No, it's more difficult. Yeah, it, it makes it even worse because when you're there, 
it's up to you. You got the confidence. You're gonna do it. You're gonna score. But when you're watching it, it's it's harder to. But I was watching. Yeah, you, you look. I, I do look. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Chapeau. Very Basque mentality. Yeah, <laughs> might, might be. And then it didn't go fantastically at the end in in Barra. But you said you were happy to be there. You helped them get to a European final, although you couldn't play in at yeah. the end. It was part of the reason of coming to Britain that you already liked our culture, but you liked our music. I mean, I'm not saying you signed for music. That would be stupid. Mm. But when you think about, will I go to the Premier League? Will I go to Middlesbrough? How's the money? Can I get out of Rome, please? Was it in the back of your mind that you could start to live a life that had more of the music you loved in it? Or was that did that only come... After 2008? No, well, it's the reasons coming that this might sound stupid for some people. When I obviously was in Spain, I used to come to London whenever I get a chance, buy records. I went on holiday to Scotland, the Highlands. I did all that drive around and blah, blah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so I, it's a country that I always liked, that I always loved. Yeah. And, and, and the music, obviously, is the big thing for me, uh, but also the character of the people. In those days, you could only watch one game of the Premier League in Spain, Saturday, three o'clock. And for as much as I love my sister, I used to watch them. So I, I, I love, a, a lot of things loved about, about the country. Mm -hmm. And I knew well that I want, eventually I wanted to play in the Premier League. How that would be, how that happened, when, I didn't know. So when the, the, the opportunity came along to Middlesbrough, I, I completely reset and, and changed my, my approach to the game and, and everything. So in a way, yeah, it was coming to a place where I always loved, with the music, yeah, it was important, which I knew I could watch so many concerts. And, mm. and, which, and, we're not kidding, that ability to go and watch live, good music live, the type of music or bands or individuals you like, that was, that's a mm. really big part of your life, isn't it? It is, because, and you know me now, and you know, in my whole career, football was very important, but I had, always more things you know in my life were, were other things like music family friends and, and culture and other stuff so when 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 the football was was finished i had more more things to do my records my concerts uh traveling everything was easier for for to be there i like the words you've used there because you used the word records and we're we're into added time here ne nearly into added time i did i did a film shoot recently a couple of years ago at Arsenal's training ground with, with Santi Cazorla, who you know is a gem, a gem of a guy. Uh, Abu Diaby mm -hmm. and Young Jenkinson. Mm -hmm. Fantastic fella, lovely fella now at West Ham. And to make the, because you've been involved in filming, to make the um, little video interesting, there was a box of fake records, vinyl, with their faces and nice titles in the front, and they had to look through and they had to say, uh, the Santi Casola one is not mine for Abu Dhabi. There's Abu to take it out and look at it. And they did it, they acted it beautifully. It looked really good. The graphics on the LPs, it was like faded, kind of swinging London 1960s, faded pastel colour okay. shapes and Burt Bacharach mm -hmm. squares. And guys can smile because he knows exactly what I mean. And most people have no idea what I'm talking about, but he does. And at the end of the shoot, I said to the guys, I said, um, do you know what these are? None of them had ever seen vinyl yeah, before. So cool, yeah. None of them had ever seen records before. They were like, nope. <laughs> I think they thought they were, seriously, they, they thought they were frisbees. Yeah. The boys haven't lived. And you used the word record. You're an in-demand DJ. You take your skill and you use it all around Europe. I don't know if there's any gigs coming up that you want to talk mm. about. You're also a socio, a shareholder. 
in in Iberica's chain of yeah. chain of restaurants, mm-hmm. which are in Manchester as well as in it's London. One, we're yeah. in London now yeah. when we're talking. There's four or five around four, London. Yeah. You eat beautifully because yeah. not everybody does Spanish cuisine well and wine well outside Spain, but they do. Absolutely, you do. Couldn't say it better. Rather than talk only about your gigs, what's the music you recur to most often? What do you reach for most often? At home, in the car, who, who's the band, the man, the girl, the, the voice, the style that draws you back most often? Because I know that your taste goes right mm, across all music. Yeah. It's mostly in planes. In planes is where I do my playlists. When I'm at home, obviously, Wi-Fi, where I think. That's where I, I, I pull a lot of songs and, 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 and save playlists and, and listen to a lot of music when I'm home or in the car. Car as, or train or traveling. And then on planes is where you have no other choice. You, you, that's where I do my playlist. And, and I, I like to, at home I listen to a lot of stuff, and new, new, new bands, because more or less, without sounding pretentious, the songs that I play for the old times, I, I've got them already in, in CDs or, or like labeled to whenever I check the, the vinyls. They're more or less the songs that I normally play, but it's more the new music that I, so many, that I like to be more or less up to date. So that's the music that I do more on playlist and and and, and all songs. Who yeah, draws sometimes. you? Which artist calls well, for me, to you? In all, which mood as well? Which mood? Yeah, well, that's what, that's what I'm about to say. It depends uh, which mood you are. Sometimes you hyper, you get Motown, soul. Sometimes you feel like blues and and, and a bit of a more more like moody moody music. For me, it all started. I, I'm more of a, a USA music fan than than UK. That's, that's where I started listening to music. The Doors, Lou Reed, Baby at the Ground. That's why I started. And from there, Sonic Youth. I, I think all started there. All, all with, with Belbet. I think Belbet branches spread yeah. wide and, and, very, and, very, and very long. And sometimes I listen to new bands and, and I was thinking, well, that's nothing new. There's something that I've already heard. And, and, and usually not as well as Lou did. Well, no. I, mean, I think Lou... We spoke earlier about Cruyff, but I think Lurie changed, changed the direction of, of music. This is yeah. just completely nuts. We've never rehearsed this. I wrote an ESPN oh, column. When, Lou, when Lurie died, yeah. I said, we've lost the Cruyff of music. The guy who, right. who risks, who goes against the tide, who scares people, who does things that you haven't imagined. And to me, and I, I felt, I didn't feel stupid and alone. But when you write and you're passionate, you have mm. to take risks. Of course, yeah. And I kind of thought to myself, if, if one person out there gets this, then it was worth writing. And I've got a really good editor. Hi, James, at ESPN, who's a massive music fan. And I love that. I mean, Lou, nobody would say Lurid was in any way a perfect man. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he had his... Um, like but it, nor am I, you know. I've, no one else. But he did take the risk and push the boundaries to new, new, new things. And you listen to it today. Oh, I do listen to it. And it could have been written... You know, it could have been written. It doesn't sound no. 40 years old. Well, not, not, no even, not, not just the music, I think the lyrics. To get bands nowadays that have lyrics yeah. like they did back in the days, probably, no, I'm sure, because they had a lot more to say than we do nowadays. I think nowadays, in, in terms of society, there's not many things we could argue or talk about. In those days, there, there were strong things going on worldwide. And uh, and, I, and I think that that's why they, this poetry, that's why they, they've done books about it, uh, Jim Morrison, not as good as, as him, but all these things, it's timeless. You could listen over and over, like you say. Now, in 20 years, it still be nothing. 
I know, I don't, I know that doesn't happen in England because the, the music culture is is massive, it's huge, and everyone or most people know where everything comes from. Like if you like a band nowadays, you know it sounds like the Ramones or it sounds like uh, any other. Maybe in other in other places, they only focus on the new things. They, they don't. Some people don't track back what, where things come from, and they're having a big miss because they're as good if not better than, than the bands now. Well, I loved what you said when the Velvets, the, you know, the strands lead you and that's the path I like going down when you say, okay, who produced that? What else did they produce? Yeah. Um, who co-wrote? And I, I mean, this is, now I'm talking because my knowledge isn't as good as yours <laughs> and I just follow my passion. Mm. But when I found out, I think um, John Lennon sang in sessions with, with Bowie, maybe on Young Americans or Golden mm. Years. I think to myself, the guy from the band that probably inspired me most when I was a kid is in that studio backing vocals, just doing backing vocals or, or McCartney and Lennon dropped by to sing backing vocals for Rainbow with, in the Stones mm-hmm. or something. You're yeah. like, what I would give. You know, if you were given the gift of time travel, you should probably go back and, I don't know, avoid war, invent medicine earlier and, you know, I'd go to those sessions. Go to concerts. Straight to those <laughs> sessions and yeah. just sit there going... <laughs> it's, it's pathetic, but I, I was would. lucky to to get to meet uh, Lou Reed once. No, yeah, when he played, they played in Valencia one summer, and a friend of mine used to do the the website for him in Spain, and 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 he was the president of the Lou Reed fans. So when he came, obviously he invited him. He was very good in that way. So he he tell he tell us, well, we were three, come with me after the concert. We might be lucky and get to know him. We were like on the clock waiting in the door. I'm there. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, come in. We come in. It was like a big terrace between the, the caravans, tables, and, and all of a sudden, Lurie comes out. Shorts, like a hippish t-shirt, like, you know, nothing was bothering him. Glass of wine. And we start to talk. Music. He, he's a big fan of, of all the, the, the soul and all that. time. We started uh, to, to work in the music. Sport. He was a big fan of Tai Chi, obviously. What we play? Is you soccer? Oh, soccer. Oh, that's too physical. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he was like, he, he knew about football. Yeah. But uh, no, a big fan. His, his musician, which he was based in Barcelona, Fernando Saunders, he was a big fan. His son was a big fan of Barca. So the guy knew a little bit more. But it was a great, like I guess for most of us, when you are with there with someone that you admire for so many things and talking like he, he knew you forever. Like you were friends, you know, like normally we talk to, to anyone. It's ironic I say this because, you know, the, the advice is be careful not to try to meet your heroes because, mm, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of days when we all get in different moods and you don't want to do this. Mm. So the generosity of you doing it for me, I appreciate, mm. but you can meet people who are particularly world famous and they don't have the time or the patience yeah. and you no. did meet him and it was a good experience. It was right. I think was... that's kind of rare and, and. Yeah. I'm even more jealous. I'm, <laughs> well, don't start me with that. I'm going to thank you for our beautiful time, Kaiska. Thank my you. Pleasure. My first uh, big acierto was asking you to do this. My great fortune was that you said yes. You made, me, you made me very, very happy as a journalist and as, as a fan of football. And you've done it again today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Football, music, good friends. It, it, we're only missing two things. Missing, we can't yeah, mention either. Hi, mum. We can't mention it either. What are they? I always thought it was socks and drugs and rock and roll. That's old school. Though. Okay. Guys, come in the Amunt.
Mendieta. Thank you. Gracias. Gracias. Hombre.